You're listening to Lanyap, a weekly digest of news, personal finance, brotherly banter, and whatever else is on our minds. From Stokes Family Office. Hello, this is Greg Stokes. I'm with my brother, Doug. This is Lanyap Podcast. It is Thursday, February 8th. Muse is Thursday, so New Orleans is starting to get spicy with the Mardi Gras holiday coming up. We're going to record a, a, a podcast tomorrow with a contact that we have in the real estate space so we can keep the podcast going while the Mardi Gras break, break is on. Um, but New Orleans is really popping right now. The stock market is also kind of popping right now. We're, we have been basically hitting all-time highs um, in the U.S. market. bears are coming out, though. It's, the bears are coming out with a vengeance. Yeah. They, I mean, I've, I've been reading a lot this week about, um, you know, the, the unhealthiness of the market and how, you know, it be, the spread between the magnificent seven or eight and the rest of the market is, is widening, meaning under the, under the hood, things are boiling up and that means the market is rolling over. First of all, um, that, that may not be the case at all. Uh, it, it is true that breath, meaning uh, the amount of stocks that are hitting new highs is smaller and smaller, and that's typically a negative. But that that, that occurred a lot last year. But um, a lot of these technical guys that are trying to uh, guess the direction of the market based upon supply and demand and charts um, are are uh, signaling warning signs. Uh, and then if you look at like the actual fundamental longer term oriented type people um this this is sort of an average uh occurrence in in bull markets and so uh, anyway i would say that sentiment is not great uh there that the market is we're still within like a less than a percent of all-time highs but i don't think people feel like we're there i think most people feel like um and there's definitely not euphoria i don't know how how you uh, feel about it but I, i don't see sense that at all I don't sense euphoria at all. And I think that there we're started, we're sort of living in the, and we've talked about this in the past, but sort of, it's definitely a recession of the poor. Um, and that was reflected in data. McDonald's is noticing people that make less than $45,000 a year are ordering down, um, or not coming in basically. And then on the other side of the equation, like American express is reporting 15% revenue growth. Um, so it's, I think that there's negative sentiment because it, a lot of people are suffering right now. Um, just yeah, we just went through a massive inflation cycle, um, right. and that's hurting people. The other thing that people, this, the uh, market bears are saying is that this is a repeat of the 1999, 2000, 2001 tech bubble burst. And I thought that this chart from Modest Proposal was uh, interesting. He's, he says the 20, these 2025 free cash flow multiples kind of put into perspective the tech rally. The stocks are up a ton, but the median 2025 multiple is, and it says dot, 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 22 times. If you remember the uh, tech bubble, you had a, a similar consolidation of gains amongst very few stocks, Microsoft, Cisco, Intel, uh, Qualcomm, to name a few. Uh, but the the price to earnings and price to cash flow on those was in the 100 plus range. Right now, you have uh, free cash flow growth between 2023 and 2025 expected to be 24%. Uh, 
the 2025 free cash flow multiple is 22 times. I think that's a reasonable multiple for uh, free cash flows that are growing at 24% per year. Uh, and so I don't see, uh, I don't see anything that, that pops out there. This is amongst Apple, Microsoft, Google, Meta, Uber, Dash, DoorDash, and Netflix. I mean, NVIDIA is not included in that number. Yeah, I know. But like you have Apple, Microsoft, Google, the three of the three of the five biggest companies, Meta. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only one on here I think is kind of ridiculous is is Apple. And this is what uh, uh, somebody said. Is Apple the first large cap ever to guide negative 5% revenue growth and still trades at 30 times P.E.? It, it, uh, it reported last week and it, it was basically slightly down or flat on its report. Um, that's the only one in here. I'm kind of like, you know, a little bit question mark. And I know they just came out with their vision pro. That thing looks so cool, by the way. I would, I just, I, I can't get, bring you. You were talking about the before recording about how socialization is down amongst young people. And it's going to only get worse. Yeah. Imagine like, I don't want to live in a world where everybody's just like, you're already, it's already bad enough st- uh, staring at your phones. Imagine like you can't even engage in conversation because you're just have these goggles on at all times. But, um, so I, I mean, it, it, but, but that aside, like the, my personal distaste for the, the and I agree with you a hundred percent on that. It's going to make, it's going to make people the, the, there was actually an article in the wall street journal this week about how like tw- kids in their twenties or whatever in college are going to bed at 9 PM. And they also talked about how, and this, and I'll actually cite some of the data from this particular piece about how, um, this is, this is a chart, big plans for the weekend. Not really Americans are spending less time with each other and more time with their screens. Uh, this is the number of hours socializing, socializing on the weekends between, uh, for individuals between the ages of 25 and 34, it was close to three hours in the early 2000s and now it's less than two hours socializing on weekends um and then if you're watching tvs and and playing video games 18 ages 18 plus and uh in early 2000s it was around five and a half hours now it's six and a half hours so you're you're right it's actually it's absolutely going to get worse um but that being said there's been articles that have cited how cool this technology is um so i'm excited for the coolness of the technology but i'm also I'm, I'm also looking at this as a, a parent and I can only imagine like what my children's lives are going to be like with this sort of technology available to them. And it's going to be, and it's also, if you look at like the data about um, uh, adolescent girls, about how their de- rates of depression are way up. I mean, it, you, you can just see that the end game on this is not a good situation. Um, and this is, this technology while it's also cool is also as it looks like it's, it, it, the, the days in, when, in our childhood when we had nothing to do, basically, and so we socialized and we were a lot happier, I think, are, a lot, are, are, definitely, come, are definitely over. All that socializing is going to be within these virtual worlds. I mean, that's basically where it's going, whether it's you're playing video games with friends or um, you're, you're talking with somebody in one of these screens, but not in person. Um, and I think as with anything, I think social media has, has brought the world a lot closer, uh, the ability to communicate in real time, um, share stories, share images, images, uh, is fantastic, but obviously you have your downsides with it. I think that this is, uh, going to be the next wave of that, where it's going to be this amazing technological breakthrough. I think AI is another one as well that also has, um, its drawbacks and will be damaging to society in ways. Um, anyway, moving on, I, uh, 
one of the other uh, uh, bearish indicators from this week has been, uh, at least in the last week that I've been noticing more of, is the talk about uh, the unsustainable uh, debt spiral that we're on. And I um, and this came out of uh, the conversation on 60 Minutes between uh, Scott Pelley and uh, Jay Powell, the chairman of Federal, the Federal Reserve. And Powell uh, simply stated, which I think is right, but he simply stated that the U.S. is on a uh, unsustainable fiscal path. And this was in reference to a 33 or $34 trillion uh, deficit um, or the, the country's in $34 trillion of debt. Servicing that debt now at a 5% interest rate is what a trillion and a half per year in interest cost. And uh, to put that into context, our entire defense budget, which is like uh, greater than all uh, other countries combined, is like $800 billion per year. So um, more than double the defense budget is. Uh, is interest costs. And so when you have um, the high levels of interest coupled with high levels of debt, not necessarily a good thing. Um, one one's other side of this equation was, and Ben Carlson put this up, and I think that this is uh, uh, super uh, contextual, is that the amount of assets compared to liabilities amongst Americans is just massive. Americans net worth continues to grow. Our net worths worths are at all time high. So yes, debt is way up. Um, household and government debt is way up, but, but assets are also way up and more up more so than debts. And so, uh, I wanted to, the other thing that. is people like to re- reference these big numbers. Like if you look on, I saw an article on business insider that credit Americans, credit cards are at, $1.2 trillion. And, so, and it's a huge number, but you have to look on the other side of the equation to your point. Well, look, what's the asset picture look like? Because that's a liability. And, and as we all know, assets uh, plus liability or minus liabilities or however you want to look at it equals your net worth. Yeah. Um, the, this is uh, speaking of delinquency on, on credit card. Uh, this is our Ryan Dietrich. Yes. Delinquency rates are gently trending higher, but note still well below, below, uh, pre-COVID levels. Now, do you want to really upset your favorite bear? Tell them the most derogatory balances severely or 120 days late is just 1.5% of total balances versus 2.8% pre-COVID. So, um, yeah, uh, interest rates are up, debts up, um, but the consumer is still in pretty decent shape, uh, obviously, other other than at the low end of the spectrum where you have people living paycheck to paycheck where wage growth hasn't outpaced inflation. Um, but from a general consumer perspective, highest net worth um, at, on record, coupled with uh, low delinquency rates and still below, well below uh, pre-COVID levels. Um, and I think if we can get rates to come down, which they're largely expected to between four and six rate cuts this year, that interest cost on uh, you know, $34 trillion of debt at 3% versus 5% is, uh, is pretty dramatic. I mean, you're talking about, uh, 600 to, uh, you know, probably $600 billion of interest savings simply by, uh, reducing, uh, the, uh, the federal funds rate and why, why does the federal funds rate exist? Um, it's to, uh, you know, really control the amount of demand for money 
in in uh, in society, and that's really what leads to inflation is you know demand for money or, or growth in in uh, money supply. Trueflation has it at what now, Greg? One point four percent or something like yeah. that. Inflation. They're cutting dead. rates. They're going to cut yeah. rates. Um, but it's the issue that that they have, and they, the concern that we've always had is that they're using stale data, which is like three to six months lagged or whatever versus like real-time data like true trueflation is showing us that they're already at their goal um so hopefully that doesn't result in an unforced error obviously but while you're talking about mcdonald's and we talked about it earlier if you've ever i i don't eat fast food often at all but if you go to, to get like a value not a value meal but like i guess it's a, they're called a value meal like you order like a double cheeseburger with fries and coke it's like 15 dollars now for that so yeah. you can only imagine what that's like for somebody that's making forty five thousand dollars less a year to order something like that and that's a huge percentage of their consumer base. Yeah, I mean, I I uh, was going through my credit card statement, and there was a Jersey Mike's that just opened up in Elmwood, and uh, Sarah, my wife, works right by where that Jersey Mike's is, and I was I saw like four days in a row of uh, Jersey Mike's orders at like between twelve and sixteen dollars a day, and uh, <laughs> she says it's it's delicious, but. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to it's hard to imagine um, being able to afford that. Spe- I mean, if you're working at uh, fifteen or twenty dollars an hour and spending an hour or two of your uh, daily wages on on some trash on lunch, food, yeah, it right. doesn't uh, doesn't really add up. So, and the other thing I wanted to revisit is we talked about market breadth in the United States, meaning that the Magnificent Seven or whatever are leading the way, and there's just a, a there's a huge uh, variance in the in the price earnings ratio of those stocks versus the um, versus the the other components, but you could say the same thing on a global basis as well too. This MS, MSCI World Index uh, hit an all time high uh, this week. Um, global stocks are doing really well, and if you look at the top ten constituents in the MSCI World Index, meaning the to all the stocks in the, in the whole world. All ten of them are, uh, are American companies: Apple, Microsoft, Nvidia, Amazon, Meta, Google, Tesla, Broadcom, Eli Lilly, and they, they list both, both uh, different share classes of, of Meta. Um, so it's pretty crazy. And then, as it stands right now, the U.S. stocks as a percentage of the MSCI World Index, or the United States accounts for seventy percent of the global stock market, which is unreal to me. Um, and that's speaking, a lot of, speaking of speaking of Nvidia, I actually do have a bear case for Nvidia that I put into our doc that I think is reasonable. Um, basically, Nvidia can get, can do no wrong at this point. They're the trading at forty times revenue. Yeah, and um, they've grown into that the last couple of years because the demand for these GPUs is so high with the um, the gold rush that uh, AI has become. Uh, but this is I found pretty interesting. It's uh, from their. Uh, from their latest uh, quarterly report, NVIDIA's top four customers account for 40% of revenues, and every single one of them is actively working on their custom AI silicon uh, chips. AI CapEx will continue flowing into NVIDIA in the short run, but what will happen when initial training is done and and inference is done locally, 15% of revenues to Microsoft, 13% of revenues to Meta, 6% to Amazon, 6% to Alphabet or Google. Uh, I think that's a reasonable uh, uh, take on you know, NVIDIA long-term. Yeah, they're making hay while the sun's shining, but each one of these companies is working to reduce their cost and 
how do you reduce costs? Well, you don't buy chips from NVIDIA. You just make them yourself. Yeah. Uh, and and the other thing is when you're priced at that level, I mean, we reference like the, the price earnings ratios of the of the of major components of the, of the uh, Magnificent 7, but NVIDIA is trading in like a, off the charts, basically. So in order for them to merit that valuation, they basically continue to have to rock and roll and any sort of, um, even if they continue to do really well, They've been do- they've been doing so incredibly well. Any sort of uh, divergence from that uh, rocket ship tra- track from a performance standpoint of the company could knock it off its heels. And we, you talked about this. We were t- talking about the same subject when it was priced at like four hundred and fifty dollars a share or something like that, and now it's seven hundred dollars a share, so it's up another fifty percent since we were leveling these same um, uh, like concerns about the, the price to earnings or the price to revenue of, of NVIDIA. Um, and lo and behold, it's up another the 50%, but it's, it just has to continue to, to, to be this, this ab- absolute stellar company or otherwise it's going to falter. And eventually it's going to go down, but it just well, it went down like 70% in 2022. So um, yeah, of course, like if, if it's like same thing with meta, meta went down 70% in 2022. And then all of a sudden, uh, this is when like uh, Mark Zuckerberg was an idiot for going into the metaverse and he pivoted strategy and they were spending too much money. And it's so funny how uh, the sentiment, changes. Or, you know, yeah. sentiment changes around a particular company. Now, now meta is, you know, a leader in AI and the metaverse, especially with the Apple vision pro coming out um, is seeming to be a, a realistic uh, you know, place to play from a, the company's perspective and, and to earn money. And so I think, um, you know, it's one of these narratives can change to the downside pretty quickly. And then when you're trading at that rich of a multiple, any slight shift in, in narrative is pretty dramatic from a return perspective. Yeah, definitely. So shifting gears to talk more about like pop culture, we've got the uh, Super Bowl this Sunday. Um, the, the last time we re- we recorded this podcast, the the Chiefs were favored. Pardon me, the, the the 49ers were favored by one and a half points. I looked at the um, the market for before we recorded this podcast, and now the 49ers are, are favored at two by two and a half points. I'm interested to get your take. Um, this is going to be the last time we talk about the Super Bowl before it actually happens, um, and also. Um, I mean, it's going to be just an absolute spectacle, obviously, being in Vegas. So it should be a really fun game. But I want to get your take on the Super Bowl. What's, who, who's your pick? Um, I, I think that I'll, I'll, I'll share my thoughts after you after you share yours. But what do you think? Um, I, I don't want this to be the case, but I think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, and I think it's all comes down to quarterback play. And Patrick Mahomes is probably the, the second or third best to ever do it. Still in his prime. And, uh, and I think that he's, um, he's going to take him to victory. So I, I, I think the same thing, honestly, I, I want the 49ers to win just because I always, even though they're favored, I, I think that it's, um, I, I, the way that I, even though they're favored, they're, they look like the underdog to me because when you have these sort of huge games, experience comes into play in such a huge way. Um, and obviously the chiefs and Mahomes have that experience, but the, obviously Vegas thinks that the 49ers are a superior team. And I'm sure they've they've benchmarked or, or they've handicapped the two and a half point favorite accordingly based upon the experiential side of the equation. But the 49ers, for example, were favored by like seven points or something like that against the Lions 
Um, and they almost lost that, that game. They should have lost the game. They should have lost that game, except for so they obviously basically Vegas says all else being equal, the actual talent base that the 49ers have is superior, but obviously you have to weigh that um, against the experiential requirement. Um, and also, I think that if you look back at the the Chiefs versus the Ravens, the Chiefs were an underdog in that particular game too, and they ended up winning, obviously. Um, so it should be a really interesting game all around. I don't know if I'm going to be watching. I guess I will be watching it. The, the, the interesting thing about living in New Orleans is that like this is a secondary um, item that you know we're going to be out. Hopefully the weather's nice and it's watching It's supposed to be pouring on Sunday, I saw. Sunday, oh, really? Sunday evening, yeah. So you might be watching it. Um, I think the, the game itself is like five or, or for more hours or something like yeah. that. So I'm sure you'll be able to catch some of it. Um, and it should be it should be an, an awesome game. And, and hopefully... Uh, hopefully it, it, it does turn out to be a good game because otherwise it's going to be a long five hours or whatever watching football. Yeah. Well, we hope everybody has a happy Mardi Gras. Um, we will we will be back, Greg and I, tomorrow, but you won't hear us until next week with a special guest to get uh, some insight into what's going on in the commercial real estate world. So we're excited to have that conversation and talk about some long-term themes in uh, the real estate uh, business and, and where to be investing. So uh, thank you for listening. Happy Mardi Gras. Stay safe and stay dry and hope the weather uh, holds up for your nice weekend. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lanyap. This podcast is brought to you by Stokes Family Office. If you liked this episode, consider sharing it with a friend. You can subscribe to future episodes in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about Stokes Family Office and Lanyap, visit us at stokesfamilyoffice.com. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision.